This is the Daily Detail, powered by 1819 News. Honest News. Alabama. Alabama. Our great state. The voice of Alabama values. Alabama. Unbelievable people. And now, here is Andrea Tice. Alabama Senator Tommy Tuberville is calling out what he refers to as hyperbolic climate alarmism. Tuberville does not want domestic energy production to be slowed down or halted for American families in the name of climate concerns. Tuberville took to the Senate floor with a speech about the issue. For decades, fans of big government have used climate change warnings to grow their power. Decades, as long as I can remember. They have claimed we're near the edge of a climate cliff, a prediction they know is impossible to prove and has never come true. Also this week, Tuberville spoke on FM Talk 106.5 out of Mobile with 1819's executive editor, Jeff Poor. I've lived in this country, on, on this planet for 68 years. I've never seen us in such turmoil. And we've got an administration here that's worried about climate. There were number one focuses on this climate hoax that we've got. The release of 400 prison inmates on Tuesday morning was curtailed to just under 100. The early release plan was halted in part by the director of Alabama's Bureau of Pardons and Paroles. This comes due to a state law that requires victims to be notified before perpetrators of a crime are released into the public. The inmates that were released on Tuesday were either involved in a victimless crime or the victims have already received proper advanced notice. The Bureau of Pardons and Paroles director, Cam Ward, says that inmates must also have a place to stay and a plan for what they will be doing in the future before they are released. Ankle monitors will also be employed for those inmates as well as a parole officer. State Senator Chris Elliott plans to address the mass mandatory release of inmates. After this latest one became known to the public, Elliott will be introducing a bill that postpones the release of prison inmates until 2030. State law that was passed back in 2015 requires inmates to be released 3 to 12 months before the end of their prison sentence, with the only exceptions being that of sex offenders against children and life sentences. Back in 2021, the law became retroactive to include those inmates who were sentenced before 2015. Now, Elliott's bill would strike out the retroactive part, as well as push out the mandatory release date to 2030. Elliott told 1819 News that jail was created to protect the public, and letting violent criminals out early is contrary to public safety. Well, 1819 News fiscal and budget reporter Justin Bogey spoke on News Talk 93.1, about the state's whopping 36% budget growth in just the past four years. Yeah, you know, I've actually been looking at some of the things that they're doing and proposing in Mississippi and, and Texas, and their idea is basically to only grow government as fast as inflation and, and population growth. So uh, that would be about a 7% increase in, in Alabama. Um, but the point is you would still have $1.5 billion or so left over um, that you could use towards towards tax cuts. Um, and, you know, my preference would obviously be that we reduce the size of government, that we cut spending, um, and all of those kind of things. But but as you know, and I know, that's probably not politically uh, realistic. So, you know, a very reasonable approach would be to get that government growth slowed to a more sustainable level. We, we grew at about 36% over the last four years, so, so getting that number down. And then you still have money available to do some one-time projects, but also provide a really meaningful uh, tax relief. It would be the largest tax relief package in Alabama history to citizens. You know, there's a number of ways that you could go about that. 
Well, and where is that 36% growth? Is it in the ETF, the, the general fund? What's it, it, It's combined, but most of it would be the ETF. You know, for people who don't know, Alabama's kind of weird that we have two operating budgets, uh, but about 80-plus percent of the budget is, is the education trust fund budget. Then you have a general fund budget that uh, funds basically everything else, the legislature, corrections, the state Medicaid agencies, a big chunk of that. Um, but, it, but basically anything not related to education. Supermarket chain Aldi is expanding in Alabama with a distribution center that will impact several Gulf Coast states. The regional headquarters and the distribution center are both located in South Alabama's Baldwin County and will service about 8 million citizens that are living along the Gulf Coast. The building project is located on 150 acres, and it's been two and a half years in the making. It's located near the intersection of Interstate 10 and Alabama Highway 59. The new headquarters has 120 employees. Every time Aldi's adds a new store in the state, that includes about 10 to 15 more workers. For more in-depth stories affecting the state of Alabama, go to 1819news.com. In national news, well, we're now learning even more information that was withheld and covered up by both the FBI and the Biden administration when it comes to the discovery of classified documents at Joe Biden's Washington, D.C. office and think tank. We're now finding out that the FBI did, in fact, conducted a search of the Penn Biden Center in November of 2022. But those facts are only now coming to light. And the fact that classified documents were found by attorneys for Biden was also conveniently hidden for months since it actually happened. CBS News is reporting on the FBI warrant and search, just as it did the discovery of those classified documents a few weeks ago. All of the facts surrounding this story are only now being revealed, and many Republicans are taking issue with the fact that government agencies, as well as mainstream media, aided Joe Biden in this aversion to transparency by not making it known before the midterm elections. Well, there is a conservative media outlet and two independent reporters who are revealing more documents related to Ukrainian biolabs and Hunter Biden. The Gateway Pundit, along with Substack writers and citizen journalists Jacob Creech and Rogan O'Hanley, are posting evidence independently of each other that show Ukrainian President Volodymyr Zelensky ordering the destruction of biolab documents ahead of the Russian invasion in February of 2022. Those orders from Zelensky also include the biolab that Hunter Biden invested money into, Metabiota. The documents being burned can actually be seen in television footage that was taken by American reporters in front of the Ukrainian Ministry of Defense. You can see Ukrainian soldiers piling those papers into a huge bonfire. When it comes to the Hunter Biden laptop, however, there are still plenty of documents there proving Biden's involvement in the Ukrainian lab, Metabiota. Three former Twitter employees will be headed to a House committee hearing in February. The former employees will be part of a discussion with the House Oversight Committee on the handling of the Hunter Biden laptop story when it first came to light in 2020. Chairman James Comer of Kentucky says the story has been suppressed for political reasons and indicates that he wants to investigate the entire Biden family and their past financial deals with foreign entities, especially China. Ever since Elon Musk purchased Twitter as a private company, there have been ongoing releases of internal documents that reveal the level of censorship, suppression, and collusion that Twitter executives took when it comes to helping the Biden administration and government agencies that did not want certain stories to gain attention with Americans. The House committee has not released the official names of those who are going to be called to this hearing, but it is set for February 8th. When it comes to media censorship, Florida Governor Ron DeSantis is calling for Congress to look into the recent deplatforming of Newsmax from AT&T's DirecTV programming. 
DeSantis says that both Newsmax and One American News have been targeted due to their conservative leanings. But I really think this is something that the Congress needs to look at, and I think that they need to ensure that there's um, you know, not intellectual uh, discrimination going on when it comes to what people are able to view. Last week, AT&T suddenly pulled Newsmax from the cable news lineup, even though Newsmax had gained 25 million viewers and was the fourth highest rated cable news channel. AT&T has 22 other news channels that are still being offered that have lesser viewership than Newsmax. Last year, AT&T did the same thing when it comes to deplatforming One American News. Speaker of the House Kevin McCarthy has already spoken out about this latest action from AT&T, calling it very concerning. Nine other Republican senators have spoken out in support of Newsmax and against AT&T for this deplatforming. Well, a judge is poised to release the identities of two people that helped bail out the former CEO for cryptocurrency FTX from a Manhattan jail. Sam Bankman-Fried has been living with his parents in California, awaiting his federal trial in Manhattan for fraud after that company went bankrupt. The judge in this case, District Judge Lewis Kaplan, has ruled in favor of disclosing those who put up the $250 million bail for Bankman-Fried. For now, the judge will keep those names private until February 7th. The judge says he knows that Bankman-Fried's attorney will likely appeal. Bankman-Fried is known to be a super donor to the Democrat Party and Democrat candidates, especially in 2022. Official charges have been made against actor Alec Baldwin in the death of cinematographer Helena Hutchins. Baldwin shot a gun during rehearsal to a movie called Rust that was on the set in New Mexico. That shot killed Hutchins and injured the movie director. Baldwin and the film crew Armorer are both facing felony charges of involuntary manslaughter. Baldwin maintains that he did not know that the gun was loaded or working. An Illinois woman had quite the illegal side hustle going on at a school district outside of Chicago where she worked. Vera Liddell is being prosecuted for stealing $1.5 million worth of chicken wings. Liddell started making the orders for wings with the food service provider that made deliveries to the Harvey School District. Liddell would then intercept those shipments with a cargo van and take them to places unknown at this point. A recent audit of the school budget showed the orders being placed in Liddell's name. The district business manager knew that something was off because the school doesn't normally serve chicken wings to the students due to the bones being inside. Liddell started her foul little scheme during COVID when students weren't even in school, but meals were still being prepared by the school system for families to pick up. You're listening to The Daily Detail from 1819 News. If you are enjoying The Daily Detail and want to make sure that these reports come up easily on your smartphone, then be sure to hit the subscribe or follow button on whatever podcasting app you are using. It's usually on the main page of The Daily Detail. That could be on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Podbeam, or some other app. And also be sure to visit 1819 News for more reliable, up-to-date information on what's going on around here in Alabama. You can also join 1819 News by becoming a member, which will get you exclusive content as well as 1819 merchandise. You can visit 1819news.com backslash membership to learn more. I'm Andrea Tice. I'll be back again tomorrow. I look forward to updating you then. Alabama. Alabama. Our great state. Alabama. Of Alabama. This has been The Daily Detail. For more up-to-date news, go to 1819news.com, where you'll find honest news and Alabama values. 